Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go. A Monday, great to be in live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, a lot of choices out there. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, there was plenty of both. J-Mac, you got back last week. I had a little delay in my flight. I am back. I am rested. I mostly caught up on my sleep. We have ourselves an NBA final now. It looks like a Good six to have or, you back, big guy. Six or seven games. Oh, looks like a real thing. Wow, no more sweep, huh? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't buy into the sweep talk. Um, it's great to be back. They watch a lot of basketball overseas. You find that out very quickly. They love their <laughs> basketball. So let's start with this. Miami, last night, was the best team for the first five minutes. Miami, last night, was the best team for the final five minutes. And Denver was better every second in between. And Miami won. Was it coaching? Was it fight? Was it focus? I don't know. But I think it is what a great culture provides. And Miami has that. Which is you're at your very best in these high leverage moments. For years and years. I lived out in Connecticut. I watched it up close and personal for a decade. It lasted 20 years. It always felt like the Patriots were better early on that first drive, would take a lead, and they were way better late. Often outplayed in the big chunks in the middle of the football game. Not always the most talented team. Start with a lead. Very good late. That was the Patriots' way. And that was last night for Miami in these high-leverage situations. But what is interesting to me is that we view football as not as dependent on stars. It's a community, right, playing together, choreography. But the minute Brady left, the culture died. And yet here the Miami Heat in the NBA, a talent and star-dependent sport. Shaq left, they're fine. LeBron left, pretty quick, they're fine. D-Wade left, they're fine. It's the basketball franchise in the star-driven sport, in the star-dependent sport. It's that culture, not the Patriots, that survived the loss of great stars. And I think what's happening when I watch the series, it's becoming a little bit of an analytic series. Miami doesn't have the size. They're going to shoot more threes. And last night they hit them. What's concerning if you're Denver is in both game one and game two, Miami got great open looks from outside. They just couldn't make any in the first game. Understandable. They didn't have their legs. They went up to 5,000, 5,100 feet in Denver. They did not have their legs. 
extra days rest on the road, get acclimated. What did they do last night? Great from the outside. Now, Denver is a more length-driven team, more twos. So Denver's probably in this series going to be the more consistent offense with fewer peaks and valleys. Miami will have those, but it doesn't mean they're not the better team. So when I watched it yesterday, my takeaway was they still have a Tyler Hero advantage. Miami's doing this without arguably their best three-point shooter. Now, he hadn't hadn't played yet. So what you get from Denver is what you get. Miami stole home court advantage, and they got a secret weapon they can insert at any time. They will eventually when we don't know. So it's two very different styles of basketball. The bigger lean in on the twos, the dominant center score against the team on the perimeter that will have ebbs and peaks and valleys and ebbs. and. But last night, they hit them early and late. And it's such a chess match. What was interesting to me is, whereas Spo probably won three games on coaching alone against Joe Mazzula, he may win one game as the best coach in the league in this series. Mike Malone knows what he's doing, though. And what was the first thing he did? He didn't wait until tomorrow's practice. He didn't wait until his team got to Miami. Mike Malone, his turn to make a chess move. And what did he do immediately after the game? He said this. Now let's talk about effort. I mean, this is NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. You know, we had guys out there that were just, whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Um, this is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not round, this is the NBA Finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing. He didn't even wait until they got to Miami. He wants the Denver Nuggets, go home, think about it, get on that plane, realizing they were outfought. They didn't play as hard. The classic Phil Jackson, right after the game, send a message to either the officials or them or your own locker room. Great move by Mike Malone. Disappointed. I mean, what is the worst thing a boss can say to you? Not yell at you. The worst thing a boss can ever say is, I'm really disappointed in you. It's the worst thing my wife can say. You're better than that. You think about it all week. He just said, I'm really disappointed. I don't even know what to make of it. It's the finals. My guys didn't really play hard. Another chess move. And now you've got, Spoh's probably the best coach in the league, but you've got closer to two equals in the Denver staff and the Miami staff. My guess is Denver goes back and wins game three in Miami. Miami then wins game four. We come back to Denver, all knotted up. Going to be a great series. All right, so I saw this. This is interesting. We consider the Philadelphia Eagles to be a well-run franchise. Won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Got there with Jalen Hurts. Um, They wanted Russell Wilson. And they had Jalen Hurts. According to two reporters, Doug Farrar of USA Today and Greg Bishop, SI.com, the Eagles wanted to trade for Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts was in-house. It was Russell Wilson who turned him down. Now, your first thought is, for all the people that think Russell Wilson's washed, Russell Wilson is cringy, you could say, what a terrible decision by Russell Wilson. But both Philadelphia and Denver had all sorts of good players. He could have gone to either. But Russell Wilson turned it down. But what it really shows is the Eagles already had Jalen Hurts in-house and were ready to bail on him. So in March of 2022, they made the move. Here was the season that Jalen Hurts was coming off of, and here is the season in Seattle that Russell Wilson was coming off of, and it wasn't close. Russell was significantly more accurate as a thrower, had a much better TD-to-interception ratio, and a significantly higher passer rating. It wasn't close. Russell turned the Eagles down. And what it really provides is something I think about all the time. In any industry, the difference between stardom And see ya is support. Do you have somebody there to support you? Almost came down for the second time in Jalen Hurts' career. Happened at Alabama where, eh, we like that guy better. 
That guy, that guy over there is better. Now, he bounced back, went to Oklahoma, ended up being passed over by every team in the league, went in the second round. But it also proves two things, that personnel evaluation is really hard. I mean, Brock Purdy went in the seventh round. Belichick can't draft a skill player to save his life. And I've talked to Hall of Fame executives that sheepishly acknowledge they have completely whiffed on picks. All that film, all that scouting, total whiff. First, second, third round picks. That's the first thing. The second thing, the hardest position to figure out is quarterback. And the reason Jimmy Johnson once talked about it on this show is that quarterback is highly reliant on two factors that are really hard to quantify. Leadership. I once asked Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman, great leader, what is it? He goes, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't really know how to explain Troy Aikman. He was just a really good A. He was a really good leader. <laughs> I can't quantify it. And the other thing is resilience. Not to pout, not to go in a corner. You get beat up, you get benched. Resilient. Come back stronger than ever. So Howie Roseman, GM of the Eagles, one of the best GMs in the league, has gotten to two Super Bowls with quarterbacks nobody liked. Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts. And we now discover not even Philadelphia was sure they liked Jalen Hurts. The difference, again, in almost every industry between stardom and see you later is just support. Moments of support. My dad often said, your career will be decided when you're not in the room. Lubricate, don't agitate. In the end, they were ready to move off Jalen Hurts, and now the city loves him. Gets along with people, works hard, very resilient, leadership skills, didn't pout. Probably knew about this, by the way, before the reporters did. I'm sure his agent knew about it, and he knew about it. Jalen Hurts didn't pout. Jalen Hurts didn't care. Jalen Hurts didn't hold a grudge. Jalen Hurts wanted to prove that he was worth the risk, and he is. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species as a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more. 
including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. So uh, I've, I've said this before about UFC, NFL, college football, hockey. You got to play hard every play or you'll get hurt. Basketball is different. They have load management in the regular season. The officiating changes in pro basketball. In the postseason, referees swallow a whistle. The officiating changes, the coaching changes, the urgency changes. They're like two different seasons. So when I, when I judge a basketball player, so much of it, it's why I was never a huge Harden fan or a Carmelo fan, is postseason success. It just matters more. It's a lot easier to score points in the regular season. Load management, you're not facing all the great players. You often show up and you're the best player. The guy that was going to guard you is off. Playoffs are different. And so I was thinking about watching all these playoffs and who I would consider the 10 best basketball players in the world, all things considered. A lot of guys are close. I think there's four players, um, and not all had postseason success this year. Luka didn't, but they're one of ones. They're not perfect players. I worry about Giannis and free throws late. Can anybody get along with Luka Doncic? Uh, Jokic isn't a great defender or athlete. Curry, again, is small and sometimes gets hurt. But they're all one of ones. There's nobody in the world that plays like them. They elevate themselves. They often elevate others. The Joker, Giannis, Curry, and Doncic. Then there's six other players I like a lot. Five all have an issue that we all know. LeBron, age. Durant, brittle. Davis, consistency. Tatum can shrink in big spots. Embiid, injuries. And then there's Jimmy Butler. What the hell do I do with him? Do I put him in tier one? My knock is he's the anti-Harden. He's like a B-plus player in the regular season. But he is so dominant in the postseason. Ask yourself this. It's a game seven. Seven minutes left. Who would you take over him? Steph? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Who would you take over him? He's a very unique player. He didn't score uh, over 40 points in the regular season, but he's already had a 50-plus game in the postseason. Um, his intensity, his value, uh, he's a culture setter, a table setter, he's a playmaker, he's a shot maker. Uh, it, it, to me, he's, he's got this Madison Baumgartner, Eli Manning quality where he's actually better in crisis, better on neutral fields or on the road, better when you doubt him, better against great players. He's a very unique NBA player. We have, I can name 20 NBA players who shrink in the playoffs, who were all world in February, all nothing in June. And then there's Jimmy Butler, a completely unique player with a chip on his shoulder and an attitude to go along with it. Here's his thoughts on last night's win. At the end of the day, that's what we fall back on. Um, make or miss shots. We're going to be who we are because we're not worried about anybody else. It's how it's been all year long, and um, that's not going to change. So that's what I think it is. I think it's the I don't give a damn factor. He's got plenty of that. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I saw this on uh, Ja Morant. Now, this was interesting. So um, he's facing a suspension. Now, he had an eight-game suspension during the season, but reportedly the commissioner, Sam Amico of Hoopswire, says that there's a, a belief inside the NBA that he is going to be suspended for the entire first half of the NBA season. John Morant. NBA has been able to accumulate uh, more and more information on uh, the guns and uh, some of their, you know, the stuff we all saw on social media apparently is worse and there it's layered and there's more of it. But as I watch these NBA playoffs, and I guess the NBA has always been like this, there's like highlight players who are stars and then franchise guys. And you watch the heat culture and the nuggets and the warriors. And it makes John Morant seem small and juvenile and silly and kind of irrelevant. He's a highlight reel. That's now what he is. You're not going to build a franchise around him. You can't depend on him. He's a fireworks show. You can't build around him. You can't take him seriously. He's not about leadership and you start looking around this league over the last 20 years, 
Steph and Yonich and LeBron and D-Wade, a big part of being the, the man is actually being a man and not a kid that I can build around you. And those guys have been superstars for 10, 20 years. No problems. John Morant was a star for an hour and a half and unraveled. Uh, he's a huge talent. He's a massive talent. But when you watch these playoffs, it becomes very clear. You win trophies beyond scoring. Dependability, consistency, being an adult, being dependable, showing up, not getting in trouble. And, uh, and you can say, well, it's the one-and-done culture. He was in college two years. Jason Tatum was only in it for a year. He's a grown-up. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, who we love. He, I think he was in college for a year. He was a grown-up. So uh, as the John Morant story, I don't blame him for everything. I don't think he had a great support system, apparently from uh, home, league, organization. He's culpable. I feel bad for him because it's very hard when we insert 20-year-old players, social media, big pressure, big money, big fame. It's a star-driven league. But when you watch the playoffs and you look at what matters, doesn't it make it look John Morant's just not that guy that you can't build around him. You can enjoy watching him, go to YouTube, great highlights, fun. I'd pay to watch him play. I'm not saying you can't cheer him on, but, you know, to me, there's two kind of stars. The, the sense in the NBA has always been you got to get a star. It's not true. You got to get the right star. He's not the right star. He's just talented. He's not the right star. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, I'll say this. Whenever you travel abroad, you find out how popular basketball is. Baseball, NFL, nobody ever asks me a question anytime I leave the country. Everywhere you go, young people, basketball, have an opinion on basketball. And not because it's the finals. Basketball travels very, very well. It's the global game. Right now, the best players in the world are Jokic, Luka, Giannis, Embiid, uh, it is clearly the the uh, international global game. It's interesting. So LeBron, I tend to defend LeBron. Um, he's got a lot of haters. He's the most loved player in the league, maybe Steph Curry, and he's the most uh, disliked player in the league. And a lot of the people that criticize LeBron think he's a media hog. He needs to be the center of attention. So Remember, after the Lakers got swept by Denver, LeBron just sort of casually brings up retirement, and that takes away the attention from the finals. I thought it was very organic. I thought it was authentic. I didn't think he was trying to steal anything. I'm probably in the minority. So when the story comes out today that was broken by two reporters simultaneously, was it LeBron and Clutch Sports just looking to get attention that um, Kyrie Irving is interested and bringing LeBron James to the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know. Is it LeBron trying to get attention? Is it Clutch Sports? Is Clutch Sports mad at the league? Are they? I, it, there's a lot of gamesmanship in the NBA, a lot. Uh, and LeBron's people have a lot of power and uh, will exert it from time to time. I have no idea. But I will say this. I don't think, I don't think players, and LeBron certainly is loyal to a city like Los Angeles. He's not going to sell his house. He can go watch his son. It's called a Gulfstream. Just get on a private jet. doesn't matter if you're Mark Cuban, LeBron James, Elon Musk. Your hometown is wherever you want it to be. You're on a plane. You get stuff done. So Dallas and Los Angeles, two, two-and-a-half-hour flights, not that far. I think absolutely he would take a call from the Dallas Mavericks. If you look at LeBron James' career, what has he left? Okay, so in Cleveland the first time, what did he leave? They didn't have a star. In Miami, they did, but what did he leave? Age. In Cleveland, when he came back the second time, what did he leave? Kind of the roster. The erratic Kyrie. Well, if you look at this Laker roster, do I believe LeBron James looks at it? 
Austin Reeves, Anthony Davis against Jokic, the gap was the Grand Canyon. Jokic is in his prime. AD is now slowly pivoting out of his prime because he's aged very quickly. LeBron James has been nothing if not an opportunist uh, and capitalizing on opportunities. Luka is in his prime for 10 years. It also serves Dallas is they're trying to find somebody that, that plays with him. LeBron plays well with everybody. Um, LeBron also has been, I think this is fair to say, LeBron's been dying for AD to take over the number one guy role. LeBron doesn't want to play 70 games. He wants to play 50. He wants to be available in spots to dominate. That's what you get with Luka. Luka can carry it. Luka can play 42 minutes. Luka plays 70 games. And LeBron will be great in spots. He can be a mentor. He can distribute. He can be great in spots. Also, what is LeBron? Fantastic at getting shooters the ball in the right spot. What is Kyrie? What is Luka? Great, great shooters. They are built for LeBron. So I don't, I don't know if you're LeBron James. The story's out now that, you know, they're trying to get Kyrie is interested, LeBron the Mavs. I don't know how you don't take that call. Even if you weren't thinking about it. Two, two shooters, one in his prime, you can play 50 games, you can be great in moments, it's perfect. The knock LeBron had this year, early in the season, AD got hurt and LeBron had to play 35 minutes. He had to carry the franchise until the trading deadline. So I don't know. I, I, and by the way, there's a, a former Nike exec. LeBron's close to that group. Now running the Dallas Mavericks, that's got to be attractive. A former player, Jason Kidd, I, I, that, that doesn't seem crazy to me. That's not a wacko idea. Luka needs the ball. LeBron needs the ball. Kyrie Irving wants to be a point guard and have the ball all the time. How does that possibly work? Um, it, it's almost like when KD, Steph, and Clay, you had three great shooters, all need shots, and the guys just figured it out. I think when you have three great talents, it's like the dream teams. It's the Olympic teams. Guys figure it out. If you respect your teammate, you'll give up shots. Luka respects LeBron. He'd give up shots. LeBron respects Luka and Kyrie. He'd give up shots and, and, and handling the ball. I, I think, both. listen, Kyrie can play off the ball. Luka could. He just never does. By the way, he played off the ball sometimes with Jalen Brunson, and they got to the Western Conference Finals. You don't think Luka thinks to himself, you know, I played off the ball sometimes, and we were much better. You can't tell me Luka, who likes to enjoy the spirits of, of Europe, would not love to have another big body on the floor that could eat minutes. How about the idea everywhere LeBron has gone, he has been the central focus. I'm going to bring in Chris Bosh. I'm going to bring uh, Kevin Love to Cleveland. I'm going to bring Anthony Davis. Now he's joining Kyrie and Luka. Does that... I don't know that that jives I, for LeBron. That, that's a fair argument. I think LeBron, for since the bubble, has been praying that AD would take this puppy over. And he didn't. And he doesn't. And so, and I also think LeBron's very good. Like, like guys are usually good at starting things. We're bad at ending stuff. It could be wars. It could be relationships. Guys are bad at ending stuff. LeBron has a very good sense of timing. He has always gotten out at the perfect time. He's always understood and he's always had an exit strategy. Miami was a mess when he left. D. Wade was falling apart physically. Bosch had the personal physical issues. Uh, they didn't have much of a bench. They were getting old. Perfect time. To leave. Same with Cleveland. Kyrie was erratic. Tristan Thompson in this league now was less, less important, less viable. Kevin Love was aging. Like, LeBron's always understood timing. The time to leave the Lakers is, if you were going to leave, now Austin Reeves gets expensive. That means you got to get rid of guys. Rui's a nice player. He's not a star. LeBron wants to be with stars. Okay, fine. Another counter argument. Remember the Lakers after getting Rui Hachimura uh, and Malik Beasley, all the D'Angelo Russell, they were the number one ranked defense in the league. You could argue, wait, how does this team look with a full season of Austin Reeves emerging, Rui Hachimura? Like maybe they're better than they are than they were last year, and they're not like a seven seed. Maybe they're like a three or four seed in the West with these guys having a full season together. AD healthy, LeBron healthy. Maybe they're ascending as opposed to have maxed out. You don't think Phoenix with Frank Vogel gets DeAndre Ayton right? Vogel's Phoenix has a lot of stuff to figure out there. 
I don't know. If you can get DeAndre Ayton right upstairs, you got KD, you got Devin Booker. When's Chris Paul get hurt? February or March? <laughs> or is it April yet? Do you we want know? to be cynical? Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying the Lakers exceeded all expectations in these playoffs. You had Anthony Davis, I'll never forget, first among playoff performers. And now you're like, LeBron, we got we got a bail on this guy. We I'm not saying, I'm, but I have been, I'm, I'm, I have been from day one on AD, A, that you got to consider moving him. You have to consider it. This was the longest stretch of AD being healthy. And by the way, you also got a look at what AD does against the best player in the West, Jokic. Okay. Mismatch. You got a lot of these things that were presented to you. Here he is against Jokic. He disappeared in half the games. Jokic did whatever he wanted to. I'm just saying, you got to take the phone call. It makes Dallas better. And I, and I think privately they'd never admit it. But when LeBron, when Miami, Miami, Dan Gilbert felt like he got his franchise back when LeBron left. Pat Riley felt like he got his franchise back when LeBron left. Okay. Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka, you say what you want, it's kind of LeBron's franchise. You get it back. And it's not like you wouldn't get, you had a third team to this, you get six draft picks. Lakers going to lose a lot of those primetime TV games with no LeBron James. Listen, AD and Austin Reeves and Rui. Lakers brand. tough ticket this season. Like it was, the state uh, crypto was popping off. It was like, oh geez, Lakers, come on. Lakers all of a sudden become worse than the Clippers if LeBron leaves town. And I, by the way, we even haven't discussed, what are they getting from the well, Mavericks in you, return? You, uh, Tim Hardaway? What, what, this okay. poo-poo platter of a bunch of <laughs> mediocre guys like Josh Josh Green is an okay player. Okay, okay, but okay. Like, but Tim Hardaway, Josh Green, four picks, a third team, another player. You know what, well, Mavs are giving up four picks for a 38-year-old LeBron? What? Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, okay, uh, Porzingis didn't work. Brunson didn't work. Fair. This doesn't work. What are you gonna, how, many, how long before Luca's like, time out? Get me a guy. Yeah. By the way, there's always in the LeBron trios, there's been a third guy who's the fall guy. Right? We know it was Kevin Love. It'd it was Kyrie. By the way, LeBron. Oh, Kyrie? The guy who orchestrated the deal? I, I wonder if it's going to be Luca. Hey, Kyrie bailed on LeBron. LeBron. Kyrie and LeBron have a history together. Kyrie did bail on him in embarrassing mm. fashion in Cleveland. It would be very spicy. The Mavs would have to be, every game would have to be televised. We would need to see every game. <laughs> Honestly, that's like what, you know, we say the season's too long. Yeah. I'm watching all those. Every game. <laughs> Kyrie, LeBron, and Luka? No, it'd be fantastic. There's a potential for a spectacular explosion on that team. Okay, I got to let you listen to this. So um, I thought this was interesting. So Aaron Rodgers went on the record recently with the athletic.com. And, you know, I'm not going to criticize a guy who's willing to put it out there. So he was talking about the ending in Green Bay with Brian Gutenkunst, who runs the franchise. And he said on his relationship with a Packer GM, which has been testy, he said, did Brian text me more than I texted him? Yeah. But did I ghost him? No. There was back and forths we had. And so this, this story you want to go with, right? You're going to stand on this hill of austerity and say that arguably in the conversation of the best player in your franchise history, I, I couldn't get a hold of him. And that's why we had to move on. Just tell the truth. You wanted to move on. You didn't like the fact that we didn't communicate all the time. Like, listen, I talk to the people that I like. Well, 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 there it is. Aaron did not like his GM. But I will say this in fairness to Aaron. Belichick and Brady, we discovered, 20 years, never had dinner. One time. The difference was when they had disagreements, Jimmy Garoppolo, who stepped in? Robert Kraft. I've always said there's no reason Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers have almost nothing in common personally. But their careers mirror each other in Green Bay. They even leave for the same team, the Jets. Why? They have no owner. It's a huge disadvantage. This is where I side with Aaron Rodgers. If Elon Musk doesn't have a boss, he's a smart guy. Twitter's now an S show. It's a mess. He didn't have a boss. What happens when you don't have a boss? You kind of want to do what you want to do. And so I think I think I've, Aaron Rodgers is landed out there. He didn't like the GM. There's earlier reports he tried to get rid of him. He couldn't. Um, but I, what, I, what I do think is funny about this is Brian Gudenkunst kind of put it out there. We couldn't get a hold of Aaron. Aaron also has talked about this bad cell phone coverage thing, and he's doubled down on that. So Aaron couldn't get along with him. 
But let's be honest about this whole situation. Nobody going into that darkness retreat thought it was going well. Like for Aaron to claim going into that darkness retreat when Aaron said, when I come out, I should be closer to an answer. That's not what a boss wants to hear. Honey, I don't know about our marriage. I'm going to go have a boys weekend in Vegas. When I get back, I should be closer to an answer. That's not the answer. The answer is you get back and have an answer. So Aaron knew he was in trouble and Green Bay knew they were tired of his you know what. So, but I, I will give it to Aaron. He's just putting it out there. I call the people I like. I don't like my boss. <laughs> I give him time. He is one of the, I will say this about Aaron, n- never uh, any filter. They just put it right out there. I didn't like my boss. I respect that. One more herd. The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Where Colin was right. Well, I've said for years, I think Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra are arguably the two smartest guys in the NBA. I think Miami is Golden State East. Proactive, flexible, smart, amenable to change. I felt Spo, I predicted he'd win two games in the Boston series himself and maybe one here in the finals. But I I think when you talk about the heat culture, I've said before, it's very hard in Miami. It's a port city. It's fun. It's beautiful people. It is totally understandable if young athletes get distracted Tyler Hero did about a year ago but they have built an incredibly formidable culture that is the envy I think of everybody not named Golden State in the NBA 
where Colin was right. Jason Tatum, once again, didn't deliver in a crucial spot. All the fanboys went crazy when he was good against, you know, drowning Philadelphia in Game 7. But I said, that's not who he is. It's who he is sometimes. But he's not an alpha. He's more Andrew Wiggins, although better. He's a tremendous talent, but still has self-doubt. You've seen him at the podium multiple times. I still can't figure late in games who I want with a ball. Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, so we were right. Where Colin was wrong. But I had Boston beating Miami, and they lost in seven. I thought there was a huge talent gap. I overstated that, and I thought home court advantage would matter. But they wilted in Game 7. They shot 39% and 21% on threes. And you watched a really good core of players get outcoached and outfought in a Game 7 in Boston. Where Colin was right? Romeo Dobbs comes out, a rookie receiver for the Packers last year, and says, I don't really see what the big difference is. Jordan loved to Aaron Rodgers. Once again, illustrating Aaron's inability to develop trust and relationships with young players. Devontae Adams wasn't young, but would Brady have lost somebody in their prime like Devontae Adams? I've always felt Brady, Peyton Manning had this ability to connect with a locker room. Aaron's just super talented, has his favorite to David Bakhtiari or Randall Cobb, but by and large is considered aloof. How do I know that? I've been told by two offensive players in that locker room since the Super Bowl. Where Colin was wrong. I thought the Lakers would be a really stiff test for Denver. They got swept. Now, three of the games were close, but after Los Angeles outplayed them for most of game two in Denver and lost, it didn't feel like a series. What happened to the Lakers' defense? They gave up 132 points in game one and on average gave up 118 points and AD was completely outplayed. I thought it would be close. I picked the Lakers to win. Their role players, especially D'Lo, D'Lo was awful. He was awful. Where Colin was right. Speaking of Anthony Davis, who I've said before, is great about every other game. Once again, when you put him up against the big man of note in the West, he gets outplayed. I think Anthony Davis is really good. But because of the early injuries, I think he peaked about two years ago. There's an argument he peaked in the bubble when he had that sabbatical for four months during a season. I don't think you can depend on him going forward to play more than about 60 games. Where Colin was right. Patrick Holmes once again proving he gets it. A comment this past week about salary and what it means to him. It's not about being the highest paid guy. It's not about making a ton of money. I'm, I, I've made enough money where I'll be set for the rest of my life. Um, but at the same time, you got to find that line where you're making a good amount of money, but you're still keeping a lot of great players around you so you can win these Super Bowls and you're able to compete in these games. Very much a Tom Brady quality. He's about winning first. And finally. Where Colin was right. I've said this before. Nick Saban walks to the podium. He's got something to talk about. He may not be totally upfront about it, but he recently lost a battle for a recruit, K.J. Lacey, and, um, to Texas. And Texas has beaten Alabama now in a couple of recruits. And suddenly, Nick Saban is all about fairness in college football. If it's going to be the same for everyone, uh, I think that's better than what we have now. Because what we have now is we have some states and some schools in some states that are investing a lot more money uh, in terms of managing their roster than other others and I think that yeah I, I have no problem with with that I mean unionize it make it like the NFL once again this is about Texas oil money and Texas booster money being much greater than Alabama can compete with and they lost a recent recruit Nick doesn't really care about fairness he's had more passion geographical advantages i'm a huge fan of nick saban but i've been on this now for six months to a year anytime nick comes to the podium to complain about nil he just lost a player to texas money calling right calling wrong on a monday be sure to catch live editions of the herd weekdays at noon eastern 9 a.m pacific on fox sports radio fs1 and the iHeartRadio app rick buker now joining us 
He'll be on Speak, 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific today on FS1. Bukes, how – now, I don't know what, what was your uh, – uh, I was abroad. <clears throat> yes, you were. Very Good to have you back. Very sophisticated. Sounding. World traveler. Okay, so uh, I didn't know who you picked in this series. Almost everybody has Denver. Are you surprised – First of all, in game one, mm. Miami got great looks. They just couldn't hit them. Yeah. Didn't have their sea legs, right? They didn't have the, they didn't have the mountain. Yeah. Dexterity. They weren't ready quite for it. But my takeaway in the first two games is Miami's getting a ton of open looks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my take, is cer- certainly there's that. It's, it's, they are, by and large, three-point looks, right? Yeah. So if they shoot at a high percentage, um, then... They've got an advantage there. I, I do believe that they can't live off of that exclusively. So it's a matter of getting – it's really important that they get a lead early um, because then they can go to their mid-range uh, a, a little bit more, uh, which they need to mix in uh, in order to be effective. But honestly, the way I look at it is Denver has played two terrible games to this point. Or uh, a, a mediocre game the first game and a terrible game – Game two. They were bad and in the fourth yesterday. They're bad. They were bad from the start in terms of their effort and the first five minutes. I mean, I just I went back and watched uh, the first half again this morning, and they didn't take any shots within the rhythm of their offense. They were just coming down and jacking it, and there was no attention to detail defensively. And and Miami was getting wide open looks, and and I love what. Eric Spolster did, which was Max Struess didn't hit a shot in game one. And he was like, you know what? We're running plays for you right out of, out of the gate in game two because you're going to get the same looks and you're going to hit them. And it's exactly what he did. He had four threes in the first quarter. Um, so that, along with attacking Nikola Jokic, we were ready to anoint him as the greatest player on the planet. I brought up the fact that you have to be able to play some defense in order to be the greatest he, player on the planet. He wasn't great last night. And he, he was, I mean, they, Cody Zeller. They, they used everybody to attack him, and everybody <laughs> was effective. You know, it, it's interesting. I don't think there's, Denver's very good. Uh, but th- there is, it's interesting when you have a point center, and mm-hmm. Jamal Murray's more of a two. Mm-hmm. They don't have a classic point guard. And at the end of regulation, what I find with Denver is, it's a very good team with few flaws. But sometimes getting into their offense can be clunky. I've said this about the Clippers. When Paul George and Kawhi are running the offense, it's like, could somebody get me a point guard here? And at the end of the game, they did not take a timeout. And my takeaway was, they're not good at that. They're better to just freewheel and let it go. They didn't want to take a timeout and set up because Miami, I don't think Denver trusts itself to get a quick shot. Correct. And they they had 11 seconds, right? Um, when they got the ball. And I would say at least two out of five times, if not three out of five times, if Denver needs a three-point shot, they're going to get it and make it in those circumstances. The only reason you would call timeout is if you wanted to get Michael Porter Jr. on the floor, but he was so horrendous, uh, particularly hitting shots. There was no reason to get him on the floor to give yourself a little, a little more space and to give Miami an opportunity to set their defense. Yeah. But you make a great, great point about it's, it's one of the, the de- detractions when it comes to playing through Jokic or any big man right. is that by and large, they need to get to their spot. You need to get them the ball, which takes a little bit of time, and then you need to get them to their spot. And I thought you saw Jokic recognizing that, which is why he was attacking off the dribble right from the, the first play of the game. It was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna single cover me. They're going to make me a scorer. I can't mess around and think I'm going to, I'm not going to draw a double team, so let me go attack right away and show them that me scoring is not going to be an effective way to win the game. And lo and behold, it was. The, um, I thought Mike Malone, after the game, ripping his team for effort was a great chess match. So mm. that flight to Miami, mm. the minute the game, it's very Phil Jackson. Yep. The minute the game is over, I'm going to deliver my message either to the officials or my locker room. Yep. And I thought, I thought Mike did a good job of that. Uh, did you think effort was a problem? Uh, yeah. I mean, a- across the board. And Jokic wasn't an exception. Jamal Murray wasn't an exception. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Michael Porter Jr. were at the head of the line. Christian Brown was really the only guy, and Bruce Brown, 
uh, were the only two guys who played with the kind of energy that yeah. you would expect from a team in the finals. I like so, Bruce Brown, yeah. Yeah, and look, I, uh, across the board, they, the, this is my one concern, and I'm not really concerned. I, I picked Denver in five. I still expect that to happen. I think they're going to be much more focused and dialed in on the road. But they've now, this is the first time they're on the finals platform, on the final stage, and they've played two games as if, I don't want to say that the, 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 the stage is too big for them, but they don't realize like the importance of you have to execute and you have to play hard every single second. They've had plenty of games this year where they coasted for three quarters and they closed out in, in the fourth. And they nearly did it in game two with, with what, like four minutes of quality play at the end of the game. But to think that you're going to beat a Miami Heat team not playing hard throughout the game is a mistake. All right, J-Mac, uh, what was that story earlier, J-Mac, that two reporters simultaneously came out with a story, meaning somebody <laughs> called them simultaneously yes. on the speakerphone and said, right, guys, you can break the story. I'm going to give it to, to you. Yeah. So these are people. Uh, who are the two people? Shams, Shams and uh, Chris Haynes. Okay, are they considered LeBron allies? Uh, uh, no. Uh, Shams is, uh, is in the Kyrie Irving camp. Like, okay, do you think the news came from Kyrie or Clutch? Oh, Kyrie. Okay, so yeah. you, Kyrie sent the message out, the message being he wants LeBron in Dallas. Yes. And what do you make of the story? Uh, I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the idea that you would have LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie playing together. Oh, love it. Um, love you it. love it offensively. <laughs> you don't love it defensively. Ooh, about oh, defense. my, oh, my goodness. Like, the other two guys are going to go, come on, we can't do this. Like, literally, the other two guys on the floor would be, come on. You guys are having all the fun offensively. We got to carry the load defensively. We can't possibly make this work. Um, what I find interesting about it, because, and I think um, last week when you were off doing living yeah. in ice hotels or whatever the hell you were doing, yeah, um, that uh, we talked about the Kyrie for DeAndre Ayton deal to Phoenix. Right. And I talked to somebody yesterday who um, is in that circle and, and said, I don't know if KD is ready to hook up with Kyrie again. I, now I had heard since Brooklyn, he blamed it on Sean Marks and Joe right. Cy and Steve Nash, and they weren't going to give Kyrie an extension. But if Phoenix is not interested in, and KD yeah, is no, not interested in, in Kyrie. He has no market. And, and like, who am I going to, who can I who can I team up with, but and, and who can I use as leverage? So and this so, is Kyrie calling two reporters, put it out there, stir the pot. Yeah, I mean, it is such a ridiculous notion oh. that LeBron would go to Dallas. God, sounds... why, I, why would he go to Dallas? Why would okay, what, what I'll, I'll tell, possibility? Let me, let me throw let me throw it out. LeBron okay. smart knows the game. Mm -hmm. His exit strategies have been brilliant. Mm -hmm. Men are good at starting things, relationships, wars. We never end them well. Mm -hmm. We're bad at that. <laughs> Not LeBron. He's great at exit strategies. Uh, yeah. He knows he's a 55-game player now. Yeah. He can be great in moments. Not even entire games. That's very rare. He has to now join yeah. somebody that plays Tatum, Luka, 70 games. Sure. And he's the 1A. I think LeBron's very comfortable. I think he's wanted AD to be this for three years. Yep. And he wouldn't take the baton. Yep. And so LeBron looks at Luka and goes, okay, I got my young star. I can now be great in moments. I can be a mentor. I, by the way, if I'm Dallas, Dallas is getting to a point now, the Kyrie thing didn't work. The Jalen thing's not perfect. Mm. Corzingis, we can mess around. LeBron works with every, but Mark Cuban's an entrepreneur. LeBron in town, he's not going to listen to that. Okay, but the reality is, if, if he was a free agent, I would consider that. Okay. Remote possibility, but at least a possibility. But he's still getting paid like 40-some million dollars next season. I just, I don't know how you possibly make that work. Well, your bench wouldn't be great. <laughs> your bench would, you wouldn't, you and me would be sitting on the bench. They'd have guys there just wearing uniforms just so it looked like they had a full team. Okay, let's go to this. So Bob Meyer out um just says i'm done with it yeah when he left the warriors um is it a contract thing there's always a price for everybody 
Uh, I could argue <coughs> Kerr got paid. Yeah. Draymond, Steph, Clay, Bob yeah. didn't. Was yeah. it a money situation? No, no, not at all. He was well, worn out. Not at all. He was. He's got three young daughters. He's completely worn out. The Warriors are at a nexus right now. They sure are. That is incredibly challenging. I mean, and so whatever time and energy that he invested in getting the Warriors to those four championships in over eight years, he would have to double that effort, and it still might not work. And I can't help but feel that one of the most difficult challenges that he has or would have had and and the Warriors have is you need to break up the big three. You need to move and on to the big three. He doesn't want to do three. it. The, the sec- one of the secret sauces or one of the secret ingredients to the Bob Meyer sauce is that unlike a lot of GMs who always keep themselves separate from the players and do not develop relationships with the players, he, was, he would play pickup you know, after their practices. He was in the gym. He, he cultivated relationships, which is why what, what allowed him to get through the minefields with Draymond and Steve they and like Jordan him. and all those they things, right? He was able to sit down and, 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 and those relationships existed so they could, they could have talks. But the idea now of having those relationships and moving either Draymond or Clay and then having to look at Steph walk into the building every day and look at Steph or just sit down with Steph and tell him, this is what I'm doing. I think that that was so rather unappetizing for him. Does the owner, Joe Lacob, want moves? Bob wasn't willing to make them and his three daughters. Is, is the new GM going to come in yeah. and break it up? Well, I, I'd be interested to see if they bring in a new GM. I would be surprised if it's not Joe's son, Kirk, or Mike Dunleavy Jr. Because... Oh. Because those guys have at least been around for a little while. The idea that you would bring somebody in from the outside who doesn't have any connection with the existing yeah, group. No, there's a culture there. I, I just, I don't, and, and it's going to say, this is what we're going to do. I, I don't know how you get that authority. So I think it's going to have to be from within. And I think the difference, and again, one of the strengths Bob had is he could tell Joe no. Right. Like, Joe, Joe, hey, let's trade Clay for Kevin Love. Uh, no. <laughs> let's go get Dwight Howard. I, actually, they, they probably would have done that. Dwight was the one who said no on that. Um, but he had the ability to convince no. Joe not to okay. indulge his worst impulses. Does Mike Jr. or uh, Kirk, his son, do they have the wherewithal to do that? That, that I don't know. Okay, so when I had my brilliant trade suggestion, Jalen Brown one? for Wiggins oh, and Jordan Poole, God. everybody in the internet loved it. There was no <laughs> dissent. It was seen yeah. as uh, you oh. went on vacation immediately afterward to <laughs> and to Iceland to get away from the heat. Like I gotta go someplace cool. Exactly. Um, my guess is they won't overreact. Uh, they'll let it cool simmer. Yeah. But would they take a call? You know, Jay, I like Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of analytics. But you get about as many turnovers as you do assists. He's not the defensive player. I think. I think there's sometimes they feel that defensively he lapses. That's true. Um, and by the way, he and Tatum, he's more aggressive. Tatum's more talented. They would take a call on Jalen Brown, right? I certainly they would take a call. Um, it, I think it would have to be a no-brainer for me- Brad Stevens to pull the trigger, and I don't have one okay. for you because I, I haven't, I haven't really thought about just because it's not in the realm. You know, the first question was Joe Missoula, and by the way, that's the indicator that they're going to stand firm because in gonna, terms of where gonna, they are. They're like, going to defend him. Where, yeah, we're 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 not going to make any major changes. We went seven games in the Western Conference Finals. Do we really Easter, need yeah, to yeah, yeah. reinvent this? Right. Or is it just a matter of a tweak and allowing our young players to grow? Okay. And our young coach to grow. Yeah. Uh, that, that is lo- uh, that's just been kind of Brad Stevens' general approach. Well, it's generally a smart approach. It is. It is. It's not exciting for... for talk radio. And- for talk radio and, and, and social media and, and all that. But, yeah, it's... it's, it's and especially in today's game, uh, and you see it with the Miami Heat, 
and to a certain extent the Denver Nuggets. Like um, continuity is is in a huge advantage in today's game because everybody is so impatient about oh it didn't work let's change it let's fix it and if you have an ownership and management that says let's slow down let's let our let's cultivate what we have you can gain an advantage so i did this earlier <clears throat> do you guys have it alex do we have it back there where i said of the 10 best players in the year uh, in the nba and i and i judge a lot of this on postseason yeah. Unlo- in the nfl ufc college football hockey you got to play hard every Every time you're on the floor mm-hmm. or you get hurt, mm-hmm. basketball is different. There's load management. The referees officiate it differently in the postseason. It's two seasons. Mm-hmm. So to me, these are the 10 best players in the league currently. The, the front four are not perfect players, but they're really one of one international talents. There's nothing like Doncic, Curry, Giannis, and the Joker. The second tier, I have a question about all of them. LeBron's age, Durant's health, Davis's consistency, Tatum shrinking late, and Bede's health. And then I get to Jimmy Butler, and I'm like, I don't know if I really am concerned about anything, but I don't think he is a unique global talent. Yeah. Do you, anything in that list? Now, I, again, you can argue Jamal Murray Boozer, but of the 10 people I have, do I have it right in your opinion? Well, I guess this is my question with having – LeBron there after what you just said earlier about that he needs help. Like, I would hope that my top 10 guys and certainly your, your top four, like, do they really need help? Well, yes. Dantich okay. needs help. Yes. In terms of playing for a championship. So none of these players but, are perfect. The first four aren't perfect. Yeah. I mean, Giannis can't hit a free throw late. Yeah. But they're such unique players. Yeah, they are. See, uh, what's difficult is, and this list is kind of a reflection of it is that I think we we look so hard at offensive numbers and what right. guys do offensively, and Jimmy would be there because uh, largely because he's a two way player. He's he, he. I will say this: he's probably the most unique there and pure talent. I'm not sure that he's top. He's probably. I'm not sure if he's top twenty five. No, I I agree. He's right? a B plus player in the regular season. But my takeaway is the basketball is different. Yeah. The the postseason are, are where legacies are built. Yeah. And Jimmy is, in a game seven, one of the five best players in the world. He has to be in my top ten. I don't care about the regular season. I don't care about Tuesday night in Orlando. <laughs> game seven tomorrow. Give me three guys in the world you want over Butler. Steph, yeah. I'd take. Well, then I mean, you know, and it, when it, in that definition, then I'm definitely putting LeBron in that group. The, the struggle that I have with Jimmy is that I, I think he's a top five leader in the game. Yeah. But much like we've seen and we saw in game two is that he needs certain matchups to really influence the game. Yeah. Otherwise, Miami has to go in other directions. Well, none of these if players are flawless. I know, but, but they can, like, if, a, if it's, K, it's KD or it's... MB, like, they can dominate almost whatever matchup you give them in right. a certain way. Jimmy can't. Like, Jimmy has to get Aaron Gordon off of him right. in order to be able to, to, to function. And so, but as a leader and his willingness to do that, like, I'm here when you need me. I'm still going to play hard defensively. Yeah. I'm still going to take the big shots in the fourth quarter when you need me. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm available to do whatever you need. He's the anti-Harden. Yes. He's yes, best yes. when it matters. Yes, exactly. And I will g- and 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 recognizes when he has a matchup and when he doesn't. He doesn't try to do more than he's capable of. Sometimes it's kind of the other way, but like is that a true superstar? I don't know that I can put him in that category. Right, that's fair. And I and trust me, I love his game. He's my daughter's favorite player was long before this run. Yeah. So I've got things to deal with at home anytime I, yeah. I have any Jimmy Butler slander. By the way, you in town all week? I am. Are you? Are, the bigger question is, are you in town I all am. week? I am. I'm buying dinner tonight if you're available. Come on, We let's might do be it. able to make that work. Boom. Let's do it. J-Max over there, eyes of envy. He's just looking back. <laughs> yeah, missing out on a big boozy night with these two guys. <laughs> boozy. Boozy or bougie? Both. Probably both. both. Yeah. We, Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition 
made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 